Hi, this is Chris with Sheep Dog Church Security, and this is your church security roll call. Today, we have a special interview with Terry Beringer. He is the owner and operator of the Church Emergency Consulting. It's an organization out of, um, I'm forgetting, North East. Terry, tell, help me. Pittsburgh. First, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Why? You just said that. Anyway. North, Northeast United States. We cover all of Northeast United States. <laughs> so Terry's with us today because really he's he's been my go-to guy for some time on medical response. He's got a lot of wisdom in that area, lots of certifications and training in that area. Um, he also does uh, fire um, stuff. He does. Um, he does parking lot things. He has He's really done a lot of things, uh, starting out in churches and then moving beyond that to help schools and other businesses, other organizations, is, is that kind of consultant to help them tighten up some of their emergency plans to ensure that people are safer. And so recently, if you've been listening to my programs, we were talking about, uh, I made a mention of evacuation cribs. And Terry sent me a nice long email talking about evacuation cribs, telling me things I did not know and kind of expanded my knowledge. And right off the bat, I just realized, hey, this is something we have to pass on to you. So as you start to buy this kind of equipment that you're going to be buying wisely, probably doing a lot better than I did the first time around. So that's why he's here. Lots of experience. So Terry, thank you so much for being here. Chris, uh, thank you for having me. It is uh, my humble appreciation to you for uh, bringing me on. And you make it sound like I chastised you. I really didn't. I just, <laughs> I just threw some things in there that I thought might be of 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 thought for this uh, process. And um, as far as my history goes, yes, I'm the owner and operator of Church Emergency Consulting uh, in southwestern Pennsylvania. I've traveled everywhere from Orlando to North North England, uh, New England. I uh, love doing it for, I uh, started as a ministry, now it's my job, and it's always been my passion. And I think that's the most important thing uh, to have any time you're in, we're involved in, especially in security for churches, to understand that it is a gift that God has given you. It is a passion you have to have. Uh, this is not something you can go in and say, well, I was in the, you know, in, in the army or I was a, a police officer, so I have to do this. That's not who we want. The best volunteers I've ever had for my volunteer uh, safety or security teams in churches uh, that I've developed have been non-Leo and non-military. Sorry, Chris, <laughs> nothing personal. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's the, the where I've come from for my company. Personal-wise, um, I started out at the age of 15 as a junior fireman. Uh, that means when the trucks rolled out, I got to sweep the garage. And when the trucks came back, I got to wash the car, wash the trucks. Um, I started as a fireman then. And at the age of 16, I got my emergency medical technician's license. At 18, I got my paramedic license. At 22, I got my registered nurse license. At 25, I got my CRN license, which basically says, if you look at my business card, if I had all the initials after my name, it would say continued on back of card. Uh, but for the most part, I'm just Terry with Church Emergency Consulting and uh, thrilled, you know what, to be here. Yeah, it's it's great having you here. And you've helped, I mean, you know, not to put you on the spot or anything, but how many churches do you think, churches or other organizations, schools, nurseries, over all these years, how many, how many do you think you've been able to help that you've worked with at some level? At some level, whether it be um, actual standing before their team, teaching their medical team or their security team or their parking team. Oh, by the way, started off doing security, parking, and medical 
if you look at that, it's SPAM. For the first 10 years of my career, I was known as the spam director. So <laughs> that meant there were cans of spam left on my desk almost every week. Uh, but as, as working with the security parking and medical teams, I hate, I, you're going to put me on the spot because I don't want to sound very you know precocious here, but I probably know over a thousand. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, Absolutely. Uh, whether it be, like I said, standing in front of them or teaching them or just consulting with them online. I get a lot of phone calls, people calling me saying, hey, I have a question about this. I love talking to people, even if it's just it, I'm not getting paid for that. <laughs> you know, I just want to help them. You know, yeah. so I'm always I'm always thrilled to get a phone call or a text message. You know, that's a, that's one of the most important things about working in, for lack of a better term, in this ministry or this industry or whatever you want to yeah. call it. You know, there, there are so many people that get into it for the wrong reasons. I mean, I get these calls all the time where people want to, you know, I want to start helping churches. And it's like, well, you know, you know, we're, you know, tell me about why you want to do it. And of course, it's a business idea to them. And there yeah. is no passion in there. And one of the things that there's not really a lot of money either. <laughs> no, there isn't. One of the things that struck me about you, I mean, we met, I don't know, two years and some change. Um, and you've been writing articles for us and, you know, providing this information, um, you know, that we put in our monthly newsletters. I mean, you've, like I said, at least two years. And one of the things I've noticed and I know about you is just that you really do have a passion for this. This is something that you actually care about. Yes. And it's more than just the passion. You also have the you have the letters behind your name. You I have, have the, the experience yeah. of doing it. And, and that's so important. I mean, the last thing in this ministry or industry or whatever you want to call it is, um, last we need, last thing we need is another person that just wants to uh, make money or they get out there and they don't have the experience working with churches and other houses of worship, which is really different than just about anything else out there and uh, having the right motivation for it. So I really appreciate that about you. Yes. All uh, right. A wise, so A wise man once said, um, I, I quote my grandfather frequently when I teach, and I think I've even thrown my grandfatherisms in on some of the articles I've written for you. Uh, my grandfather once said, a wise man uh, surrounds himself with wiser men. Absolutely. And that's That's exactly where my goal is. Yeah, we have to surround ourselves with people smarter than us. Yes. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Well, we and, kind of set the uh, bar low what... sometimes too. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I want to talk about the evacuation crib. And before before you get into what you have to say, um, and I, everyone's kind of waiting to hear that. Um, what I told you a little bit about what my first experience was. You know, the evacuation cribs I got. So, you know, we were putting together a fire evacuation plan. And uh, I went into the nursery of uh, our church. Uh, it was a two campus church. I went into those nurseries. And what I saw in those nurseries were, you know, two workers and a half a dozen kids. And I realized, you know, we have a serious evacuation problem here, not just for fire or gas or, or a, a active shooter. Even if we need to evacuate, we have two people that are going to have to grab up six kids or more yeah. and run out of there. And of course I knew that's impossible. Do the math. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It just doesn't work out. So not knowing a great deal, I did a little bit of research, you know, it seemed pretty straightforward to me. 
I think I went on Amazon, um, love it or leave it or whatever. I went on to no, no, Amazon. No, use your code if you're going on Amazon. Don't you have, <laughs> don't you have a code for, for Amazon for purchases? I, I have a, I have an affiliate site, so theoretically, but yes. Plug it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's not important. What's important is this. Is so I go on there and I poke around a little bit and, you know, I see different evacuation cribs and ultimately I settle on a brand and I buy the evacuation cribs for the church or the church buys them. Yeah. Um, that kind of deal. But anyway, really the only thing that I really saw there is that they were sturdy, you know, or they claimed to be sturdy. And when we got them, they finally were. Um, They were for the most part. And then, of course, they had the much bigger wheels on it for it to be easier to get over some rough terrain. And that was essentially it. We got those cribs. Um, We replaced some that would have fallen apart as soon as we started (laughs) pushing them probably. The first door um, jam they meet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, and that's what I did. And really, to be quite honest, I never really dug any deeper into that topic. And so when I got your email and you were not chastising me, you never do, um, is <laughs> you had a lot of good advice in there and I, the people just need to hear this. So if you would, talking to the, the children's ministry director, that had, knows nothing about evacuation cribs, what would you have to say to that person? What should they look for? What should they get? All right. Yeah, I'm going to throw a few stories in of uh, purchasing cribs as well uh, in my little uh, evacuation crib dissertation. Uh, it's interesting because evacuation cribs are used primarily in fire drills, but you have to understand they're also active in uh, active shooter and active intruder events. If you need to get the kids out, once again, like you said, one per arm. If you're a big, strong, burly guy, maybe two per arm, um, which reminds me of I left the uh, class two days ago in my I was teaching CPR and I had the baby mannequins, the, the mini, you know, the, the infants and my bag zipper broke. So I was carrying out two baby mannequins in each hand out the door onto the main street with these four mannequins dangling. Believe me, cars stop and beep the horn a lot when you walk out of a daycare center holding four mannequins <laughs> upside yeah, by the feet. So don't do that, first of all. <laughs> um, but they are used in both um, fire evacuation. And as far as our fire evacuation goes, we go by the NFPA standard, National Fire Protection Agency. Uh, and when we are doing training, uh, I'm a PA state certified fire instructor as well. And I work with fire instructors as well. Uh, when we're talking about doing our uh, active shooter training with the children's uh, children's ministries and daycares and preschools and um, actually some organizations that have um, daycares in their facility uh, for their employees, uh, I bring along one of my partners that I have here who is a homicide detective. I won't say he works for the city of Pittsburgh, but he works for a large urban police department. <laughs> He's not allowed to say he works for city of Pittsburgh. Um, so <laughs> he comes with us and uh, having that <clears throat> experience of having a homicide detective talk to you about active shooter training hits home. Uh, I can tell you all about it and I can say this is the best thing to do it but when it comes out of the mouth of a, uh, of a homicide detective. Yeah, that kind of marks uh, marks it in there. Uh, first and foremost, you had mentioned the evacuation cribs. Uh, you have to have so many per student or so many per child. And we'll get to those numbers in a second, according to the uh, uh, manufacturer. But the interesting thing is you have to have them marked separately. I prefer 
chevron tape with the markings with the different colors um some type of reflective tape if a fire does occur um once again being a firefighter since the age of 16 and i'm now a lot older uh there's um there uh when visibility drops to almost nothing if you can hit it with a flashlight and get the reflective tape off you know bouncing back at you that is primary you have to have some type of designation the other aspect of that is well, you've been in situations in, in the Army where it kind of hit the fan. And with that dopamine drop and that adrenaline jump, fine motor skills go. First response thoughts, not always right there. They could te- technically throw a kid into a crib that's not an evacuation crib and try to get it out the door. So you want to make sure you have the evacuation cribs marked separately, distinguishly, distinguishly different from the other evac- from the other cribs in the room. Uh, obviously, it would be best to have all evacuation cribs, but when you can buy a crib for 120 bucks to put the kids in and then evacuation crib is 400 bucks, you're going to have more of the regular cribs. Come on, let's think about that and, and, and be realistic. So you make sure that you can designate them from um, different cribs in a low light environment or a smoky environment. Uh, that's first and far- foremost, I think, huge thing to do. Um, the other question is, you had mentioned um, you just bought the, the ones off of Amazon. The question is, do they fit through the door? I actually was at working at a facility not long ago. I went there and I said, hey, I, they, and they told me right up front, we bought brand new evacuation cribs. I said, that's great. They said, it took us four hours to put them together. I said, well, you know, they're technical. It's, it's okay. As I got there, I said, okay, let's see how they roll. And I started rolling them to the door and they're about an inch too wide for the door to get out the door. No one measured. <laughs> and I was, I said to them, I said, you either have to buy new evacuation cribs or widen the door, whichever you know, comes at the lowest cost for you. And uh, that was, and, and, and evacuation cribs are normally a little bit larger than regular cribs. So if you're looking at a regular crib, oozing on the regular crib out the door, that's not an evacuation crib. You have to understand also during a fire evacuation, you have your primary evacuation route and your secondary evacuation route. If your cribs, evacuation cribs roll great out the primary evacuation route, that's great. But what if that's blocked? You got to make sure they fit out and can go out and tolerate the travels out the secondary evacuation uh, uh, route as well. That is huge. And yes, you were right. Evacuation cribs do normally have larger wheels. I think the larger, the better. Um, And there's actually some out there that actually have pneumatic wheels. And those are obviously the absolute best, especially if your evacuation route goes out to a gravel parking lot. I don't care how big of those wheels are. The normal wheels aren't going to cut across that. Uh, I've seen evacuation cribs get stopped by one little pebble, <laughs> you know, and these people are pushing in a frantic, oh my goodness, there's a fire behind me kind of a concept. And they hit those rocks and they <laughs> real close to dropping the kids on the floor. Wow. Uh, so that's the big thing. But like I said, talking about the primary routes and the secondary routes, uh, I will mention one other thing as far as the primary and secondary routes. Uh, every uh, nursery and every preschool and daycare and every church Sunday school has on the door a nice little map of primary routes and secondary routes. Well, if someone's not all that familiar with the setup of the, pro, of the, of the building, that might really give them a, a hurt in the backside because they don't know where that secondary route is. Um, I set up evacuation books, which I'm not, I don't sell <laughs> there. You can make them for a couple bucks a piece. Send me a text. I'll tell you how to do it. But the interesting thing about it is the maps on the back. You take the book with you. 
you have the map with you at all times. There's a lot of times when you're going out during a fire evacuation or a active shooter evacuation and your your route is blocked. If you're not familiar with the the setup of the building, which I mean, as a security team, you should be as a nursery people, you should be as well. But people go to church, they go in one door, drop their kid off, go in another door, sit down in service, come back out that same door, go to that same door and pick up their kids. 97% of people go out the same door they go in. That's a statistic, if I can say it. Uh, so that's a big one. Uh, the, 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 the daycare workers and the preschool workers and the, the child care workers need to know the building. They need to know what area to go to, which way to go. Um, like I said, and as far as those evacuation books, if you have an evacuation crib, I went on, I can go on Amazon, use the sheepdog emergency you know, <laughs> um, code and um, buy a little, uh, I forget what they're called, chart holders or uh, there's a name for them. You can just screw onto the cribs, throw your evacuation book in that and go. You don't want to have to carry it. Uh, that's huge. Another thing with those is they have a place for the class roster. Um, they also have the, like I said, I'm not selling these, so I, can't, I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, they have the red card and the green card for the evacuation. Uh, oh, the other thing, which I think is kind of cool for fire evacuation. I don't know if you've ever seen these evacuated door hangers. They, uh, the nice thing about them is, and this is once again, discussed with the local fire department. Um, if the room is evacuated and the door is closed, this is hung on the door. That means when they do their primary search, they will skip this room and go on to other rooms after their primary search. Yes. They're going to come back and do a secondary search and check each room even has an evacuated uh, door hanger on it. But once again, Amazon, you, know, you can pick them up cheap. Uh, this whole book to make a buck and a quarter, you know, if you have the binder already. So that's the great thing about that. Um, those door hangers are great. Like I said, having the map with you as you're pushing that, that crib down the hall and you realize all of a sudden, okay, that one's blocked. I got to spin around uh, and go back. Uh, as far as checking with the, the cribs, another facility I went to to work at a daycare, um, they said, oh, we have our evacuation cribs. We've had them for years. And it was years. <laughs> they had not been moved. They had not been maintained. I said, oh, I said, Do the, uh, are the wheels locked? She go, and I, so I went to move it. And, I, and, and she goes, oh, the wheels must be locked. They weren't locked. They Have you ever seen what's on the floor of a nursery? <laughs> all that was gumped up in the wheels and those wheels were not moving. So it took me a good 20 minutes to pull all the hair and who knows what, you know, unmentionables out of those wheels, WD-40 them until they were rolling again. So you got to make sure those wheels are maintained, oiled, um, have sturdy, rugged wheels. Like I said, I love those pneumatic tires. They are a little bit more expensive, but once again, if you can do it, it's the best thing to do. Uh, now, the evacuation cribs have, per the manufacturer, uh, let me, I can look here and see how it, how it reads, up to five non-ambulatory children less than two years old. That's the standard per the manufacturer's recommended um, numbers. Uh, I was at a preschool in, well, it doesn't matter where it was, um, and the teachers were there with their children. And I was, there was a, probably 30 teachers there and there was 11 children under the age of two. Um, most of them were under the age of one, actually. And I said to them, I said, I would like to do an experiment with your permission, with you right here with me. I said, I would like to see how many kids I can put into an evacuation crib. Do you have any idea what that was? 
11. <laughs> wow. And the kids loved it. Actually, they were having the time. They were goofing around and clamoring and having a good time. Um, yeah, I would not recommend that. But like you said, you walked into a room where there was, you said, uh, 12 students or about 10? a half a dozen. So six, yeah. seven, okay. six, seven students, two teachers. If you have one evacuation crib, you can put six or seven kids in that evacuation crib, with, crib without a problem. Uh, now, I would not recommend 11. Uh, that was kind of one of those things like how many people you can fit in the phone booth. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, you know, there's a lot kids. of wisdom to that because, you know, you I, for one, I, I, I'm sure you would say on the front end, you know, if the if the crib manufacturer is saying four or five kids or it's got some sort of weight limit, you would be like, okay, that's what we need to plan for. You know, we normally have 10 kids in here. Therefore, we're going to need at least two cribs. But it's yeah. nice to know under an emergency that if need be, you could stack the kids in there like cordwood <laughs> and get them out in emergency. Um, not advisable, but not, in emergency, not advisable. No, you got to do. And so it's good to know that. Um, one of the things you brought up, and I, I really like it, is, you know, and you, you talk like you're from Pennsylvania, so it's very fast. So I'm going to just slow you down a little bit here. <laughs> I mean, running, practicing drills, because yeah. it's by practicing the drill that a lot of those things that you brought up come up. If the crib's not going to fit through the door, you're going to find out on a drill if you haven't already right tested that. If, if you're if you do a drill and you're running up the primary route, you're going to find out very quickly how well your wheels work, depending on what you're facing along that route. You know, you talk about a little um, yeah. rock stopping a crib. Well, you know, I think a lot of us have experienced that at the grocery store with the cart, right? Where it's a little thing gets caught under a tire and all of a sudden yeah. that one tire is not rotating anymore. So, I mean, that's really something we have already experienced but now we need to experience that on the primary route and then make it part of your drill where you say, nope, you got to use the other route. And now you're getting that other practice too off that other route. And is there a door that it's not going to make it through or is the pathway much, much worse? I think about my, one of the, of the two campuses, they put in a door for the kids to evacuate out a certain, um, a certain way because they built the new children's section and uh, they were upstairs. That's a whole nother mm -hmm. conversation, but uh, evacuation that, on the steps. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It, it was really, <laughs> it was really silly and they did it without talking to me, but anyway, um, you know, and then I have to solve the problem, yes, but anyway, you know, that door was very narrow and it was just a, you know, it was just meant to be a side door. They put it in, they had to cut out the concrete, stick it in. And uh, when it was all said and done, it's like this door should have been six inches wider. You know, um, once again, they didn't consult me. Um, but yeah, you know, these are things that we have to practice. And that's where those drills come in. That's where the route tests come in. That's where the size of the crib really comes in and you learn stuff that way. And I can't uh, uh, reinforce that tactile, physical doing it experience. Um I, when I teach my stop the bleed class, my, well, my, uh, uh, I take, I walk up to a person in the, in the classroom and I hand them a tourniquet and I say, here, put this on. And they kind of look at me like, what, what do you want me to do with this? We go through the training of going through and before every single student of mine walks out that door, they have 
physically taken a tourniquet and applied a tourniquet onto a mannequin or onto a, a fake leg, but they've actually physically done it and gotten my, yes, you did it right. Or, you know, you need to fix this or you maybe need to do that something better. And at that point in time, at the end of the class, I will walk up to that exact same person and say, here, put this tourniquet on. And they'll go, yeah, sure, no problem. That tactile doing it, years from now, if that person ever says it has an experience where they need a tourniquet, they grab a tourniquet, they're not they're going to know how to put it on because yeah. they've done it once. Not up here, but here. So that's huge. And that's the same thing with these drills. You have to, have to, have to drill. you got to be able to get your body. Um, once again, quoting granddaddy, your body can never go where your mind has never been. You've got to have that training. You've got to have that thought process. If you fail to train, all you've done, train to fail. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's like, and part of that whole drill thing is, you know, sometimes we think that these drills have to be some high pressure, you know, emergency run, 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 push, shove, you know, move quickly. And it really doesn't have to be that, does it? It can just kind of be a, just let's walk at one time. And that makes all the difference in, in their ability to respond to that, uh, that situation. Even just to get them thinking, uh, I love walking up to a daycare worker or a preschool worker and say, hey, um, just curious right now, if there was a fire right over there, what would you do? Just getting into their head, if what, then what, you know, and uh, that's, I think, a large portion of it. A lot of the training is between the ears, you know, yeah, so yeah, that's definitely it. So this book that you offer, if people wanted to get a copy of that or an example of that so they could create their own books, how would they do that? How would they, how would you want them to contact you? They can shoot me an email at church emergency at Terry at church emergency.com. And I'll be more than happy to, to send them what information I have of it. And like I said, it's, it's a 15 minute make, you know, that you can make it quick and easy. And this says room 401, do not remove. Well, obviously, unless there's a, <laughs> you're taking it with you. Uh, it's attendance and evacuation. The nice thing about that is uh, I know a lot, the, the, the church that we are attending, that we've been attending for the last 20 years or so, um, the rooms are used multiple times at multiple days. And, you know, they might have a, um, a mops program going on on a Monday. They have a women's ministry group on Tuesday. They have Wednesday evening studies. Uh, they have a, a Saturday night service, uh, a Sunday morning at 9 a.m., Sunday morning at uh, 10.45. Uh, there's a, some Sunday evening programs going on. So there's always rooms are being used. So the nice thing about that is, is you can just take tabs and put tabs up for whatever classroom that is. Um, I probably should have told you I was going to use the book to when, when, I, when we do th did this. I kind of threw that on you. No, but, that's uh, fine. No, that's great. I mean, this is something. I mean, it's I forgot about, about it. Until I looked at it. <laughs> You know, I think everything that you do and everything I do has the kind of, has the same intention is we want to give people real practical advice. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, is, you know, having a book like that is a good way to inform who's ever in that room, you know, how they, you know, different emergency um, procedures, you know, well, evacuation routes have is what to do in a case of a fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, one, one, two, three, four, five. Six, six simple steps, you know, so. Yeah, and we don't, we don't always get the opportunity to train everybody. You know, you have a class for fire evacuation. There's going to be people that miss that training. 
there's going to be people that join the ministry after you've done that after the training. (laughs) And so if you have this kind of thing that's in that room, if nothing else, they can at least review it or know what's there, one of the two, and then be able to refer to it. Hopefully they refer, they review it before the emergency, but if nothing (laughs) else, it's just an additional way of communicating. And when it comes to emergency procedures, it's pretty hard to over communicate what the plan is. You need to keep it simple. I'm a big KISS fan, not the Gene Simmons group. K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. And once again, when you open up this, the first thing you do whenever you do it is you're going to look at the the instructions. And that's going to be popping out of you every time you open the book. So, um, like I said, I'm not making money on it. I'm not selling them at all. But I, I think it's a very simple concept that people can do for very cheap. And we all know churches are cheap. <laughs> You know? Right. Well, you know, money frugal, can be frugal. tight. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I know we we all know exactly what you meant. I mean, money's tight, and we have to be very wise with the dollars that are donated, and make sure that we're using them in the best possible way. And oftentimes, there's um, competing goals, and uh, so you know, the more we can kind of keep costs down, you know, especially if you you know, when it comes time to run out and buy four hundred dollar cribs, yeah. You know, that's something we just have to do. That's yeah. something that we have to spend the money on. But you so also if have we can have a three ring binder, yeah. then at least we're not spending more money than we need on something yeah. that really doesn't need to be complex. Yeah. And, and every ministry, whether it be the ministry of the working with children, uh, the ministry of security, the ministry of parking, everybody has that passion for their ministry and they think their ministry is the ministry that needs the most and their ministry is the one that should get the money. You got the whole big picture to look at. And sometimes I, I commend people when they, when they are very passionate about their ministry, that means they're doing what God wants them to do. So I, I, I always love when people are like, this is the best ministry. Well, okay. I might say that about mine too, but you know, <laughs> you know, that, that that's what, uh, that's where God gives us gifts. We've been given gifts and I, I've been given great gifts of having all these trainings in my past and all this, these certifications and licensures, those are gifts from God. I need to share those. Uh, if I just sit there and go to work every day at the hospital and come home every day, I'm going to be miserable because that's just a job. This is a ministry. This is a, a place where you can take the gifts that God's given you and further the kingdom. And that's that you can't put out enough. You know, sorry, I'm getting a little passionate here. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you're, I mean, it's a, a lot of people. I mean, the people that listen to this program are people that have a passion for safety ministries. Yeah. And we all come at it from different angles and uh, we have different experiences, different talents and gifts that we bring to the table to help make the congregation safer. And um, it's really by, it is that passion that we all have. And, um, and this is kind of the platform here is to talk about not only the passion and the motivation, but also talk about, you know, what our skill levels, you know, our skill and talents are. Like I said, the whole point of this was that you, you knew way more about evacuation cribs than I did. And a normal person should. (laughs) Than any normal person should. Um, And so, you know, and that's where it's the sharing of the knowledge. It's it's sharing wisdom. It's sharing um, those talents and those gifts. And it it gets a lot, it gets to be a lot broader than just our own church or, you know, the 
the few people we have contact with now this can kind of go out nationally and and I got to imagine there's a lot of people listening to this program right now and they're just like I didn't know that you know yeah. who knew the evacuation cribs were more complex than just big tires <laughs> and you know I think about the one church you talked about where the the crib was about an inch too big boy isn't that that's kind of a mistake I would make you know <laughs> they looked good on Amazon right they look good everything looks fine and you just forget one little thing did you yeah. not measure and you just got lucky and is that what you're saying <laughs> I, I yep I got lucky I I did not <laughs> I did not measure anything they looked good they sounded good. They had good reviews. It never occurred to me to measure the doorway. My uh, friend God was with you. <laughs> yeah, fortune favors the foolish sometimes. So, yeah. Terry, uh, <coughs> excuse me, everyone. Um, I, I want to give you the last word. So going back to our children's ministry leader or maybe our church safety director who's looking at cribs, anything else that you want to share about cribs? Um, um, I would, yeah, I would honestly just try to get out there and, and, and let as a security team director or security team member, make contacts with your children's ministry leaders and the children's ministry workers, let them know you're not their enemy. You're not there to, to yell at them and, and correct them and chastise them. You're there to help when a situation comes up. You know, it's the old sheepdog concept that they, they, a lot of times people don't like the sheepdogs because they look a little bit like wolves and they're always out sniffing the perimeter and, you know, to, to quote Grossman, uh, Mr. Grossman, Colonel Grossman. Um, so in that situation, we need to befriend our children's workers. We need to let them know that we're there to help. How can we help them? And matter of fact, that might be the best opening line ever. How can I help you? whether that be walking down the street talking and meeting somebody for the first time or talking to your children's ministry workers. How can I help you? Um, so that's the first thing and foremost. If anybody does want to contact me, um, Church Emergency Consulting uh, is uh, my company. Uh, churchemergency.com is my website. Uh, you can contact me, uh, Terry, at churchemergency.com. And I'll be happy to share not just about evacuation groups, but parking teams and a whole bunch of other things that I have a huge passion for. Uh, that I would love to help people out with. Excellent. Especially since you're out uh, mid Midwest, I'll take the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we'll put what in the show notes, I'll put in your email and your contact okay. information so people can dive get down there and get that. I would definitely, audience, contact them, at least check out this book, figure out you know how you know how you're going to adjust it, how you might be able to use it. And um, I think it's going to go a long way in helping you in case of an evacuation, helping those people. I think the other thing is, as Terry made a mention of, you know, sometimes we can have kind of a little, um, I don't want a friction between us and other ministries. You know, here's a situation where I, I, I predict very little friction because you're talking about buying them all new cribs. Yeah. <laughs> and so hopefully they're completely in support of that. And that's going to be happy. The, <laughs> yep. And that's the easy button for you, right? That's the easy yeah. button to help them and, and prepare them to evacuate those kids because you have a lot to worry about during an evacuation and you want, especially the children's ministry to go well. So other than that, I'm going to let y'all go. Let y'all go. Thank you so much for joining us for this special interview. Um, other than that, have a great week and Hey, let's be careful out there. 
This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.